0: And welcome back, everybody, to the Five Point Five Podcast. I am allegedly America's favorite single dad,
1: Danny Ortiz, alongside my partner Eric Labou. How's it going, Eric? Hey, going real good. Uh, if you guys may have noticed from the intro, the major announcement this week is not that studio announcer uh, Kelsey was fired. <laughs> Yeah. That's not the major announcement. We have that coming up later in the show. And if, if you know about the major announcement, then you follow us on Twitter. You follow me, at least, at MiserableSDFan. If you don't follow Danny, give him a follow at 5.5Dan.
0: That's right. That's right. I might change that in the off season. I forgot somebody mentioned what they... Oh, Single Dad Dan or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I might change that in the off offseason. Uh, but anyways, we are back and uh, bigger than ever um, as we uh, embark on the final stretch of the uh, podcast season. Finally, thank God. <laughs> it has been a long, windy, and uh, arduous road, but we're almost there. We are almost there. Um, some, some news, well, not really news, but uh, as you heard in the opening, more of an honoring of uh, the great and late Jerry Coleman, who spent uh, 42 years with the uh, San Diego Padres organization, 41, calling the games. Uh, so we want to touch on Jerry Coleman uh, here
1: to start it off. Uh, Eric, what is your favorite Jerry Coleman memory for you personally? I mean, I don't have one in particular. Well, actually, the, the favorite call of his was the one from, that, from 98. Um, oh, Finley, the Finley, Finley, Finley. Zander, yeah. he's got it. But Jerry Coleman, he just embodies every, he is He is Padres baseball to me. Like growing up, I was born in nineteen ninety, so he is everything I know about Padre Baseball. He's everything I care to know about Padre Baseball. And he's been around since nineteen seventy-two yeah, for he's, the
0: Padres. He was here when the team was three years old. He left the Angels to come here.
1: Yeah. Three years into the league, and that's when Jerry shows up, and he's there until the day he dies in, in two thousand and fourteen. Indeed. It's uh it's it's kinda it's kinda bittersweet that he never got to see uh the Padres
0: take it all the way. But um yeah, definitely a, a staple of the organization. Um, obviously, he has the, the Jerry Coleman Broadcast Center. He's got the statue out there, uh, Colonel Coleman. I actually heard he was ranked higher than that, but that's just what stuck for whatever reason. Really? Yeah, I'd I have to go and look at it. I was watching uh, some stuff on YouTube yesterday to prep for it, um, but apparently he actually ranked higher than that, allegedly. <laughs>
1: Well, you do know if you're wrong, then you know someone's going to point it out on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure. Well, That's someone. why I'm
0: saying I think I may have heard. I'm not speaking factually. Uh, but no, I mean, I, m- I remember where we were at. We had actually finished an adult league game. And uh, I think you were listening to uh, the Aztecs game on 1090 when yep. Leitner broke the news. We were at Santana High School that day.
1: We had actually, believe it or not, just won the championship. Indeed, that's right. That's right. That's true. Yeah, so actually how I heard was it was from Ben Bruff um he he was listening on his little on his phone he had 1090 on or some shit with the Aztecs game and and, uh and he said hey did you hear jerry coleman died i was like oh fuck like and it's just like it's just like tony someone who you never met before in your life having that big of an impact like i i when we left when we left i i got in the car and i wept like, I was so sad when Jerry died. Like, it really fucking hurt. Yeah, it was like a stomach punch because, you know, for me, I'm,
0: I'm obviously older than you, um, but yeah, it, it's like a part of your childhood dying because, you know, with Coleman, those were the golden years for Padre fans. You know, ever since Petco has opened, it's been, you know, forgettable baseball, but you have the 96 season and the 98 season, and Coleman was the voice of that for the Padres. He was their, basically their main broadcaster, and Leitner was kind of his complimentary piece as they'd go back and forth, so... You know, first you have Tony go, and then or, uh, first you have Coleman go, and that's a stomach punch. And then Tony goes, and it's kind of like, well, everything I ever knew about the Potteries now is gone. Everything that I associated with them is gone. So uh, definitely a big loss. Uh, as we were looking through some Coleman stuff, there's some interesting stuff on YouTube. Um, he he gets a couple, there's a couple speeches and stuff for his military career. Served in two wars uh, the uh, Korean the War. The only baseball yeah. player
1: to ever do so. Yeah. Like if, if you look at it, there is no one else who has accomplished what Jerry Coleman accomplished. If you look at it that way, no. No baseball player ever has fought in two wars. None. No. Jerry Coleman did, and yeah. you know, going forward, no baseball player is ever going to fight in even one war. No, there's going there, forward. No, no shot in hell. They'll they'll
0: never serve ever again. So, uh, but one of the one of the weird quirks is that he was actually hired by the Yankees in the '60s to do the television, uh, or the, I don't know if television or radio broadcast. He actually called, and we found it on YouTube, he called Mickey Mantle's 500th home run. I never knew that until
1: about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and that's the craziest thing. And I brought up the point, and I don't think that he was still... Well, it was 2007, so... Or, no. Was it 07? Yeah, maybe it was. Mm -hmm. So he called Mickey Mantle's 500th, 500th home run... And he was also, he was at least in the stadium when Bonds hit seven fifteen. Like, that shows you the longevity of that guy.
0: And he called, of course, Tony Gwynn's 3,000th hit, which is my favorite call of his.
1: The guy was in the league when Jackie Robinson was in the league. And not in the league, like in the league, you know, part, like he was playing. Yeah, he was playing. (laughs) He was playing. He's been around baseball that long. And and I still talk about him, like, as if it's present tense, like he's still here because it's still... You know, it still feels like he's here sometimes. Yeah. And I go, I, I try to go every chance I get when I go to Petco and salute the colonel when I come in. Because it's... I don't know. what They have that thing. They have the statue in the they most... They could have a better spot for it. They should put it closer to, like, the actual, like, pavilion. I don't
0: know. what Sometimes you get lost trying to look for it. It's in the weirdest spot. I don't know. Why don't they move it, like, more
1: towards Park in the park somewhere near Tony? That, that would make more sense. Or maybe in the front, like where you have the retired numbers, put the in there. I hate that the or retired the numbers or...
0: are there. They're almost like hidden. I don't know what the hell they're doing there
1: either. Well, I mean, it's in the front, yeah. so it's right when people walk in. That's true. Yeah, I, I would go with that because where they have it now, it's like it, nobody's going to find it. It's almost like he's kind of like hidden. Like like the first time when we went there to go see it, it was like, "Hey, where the fuck is this?"
0: Yes, I remember you and I going. And I'm like, "We can't find it. We'll just we'll see it next time." Yeah, I still haven't seen it in person. Really, you haven't? <laughs> no, because when I go there, I don't feel like walking around the whole park. Oh my they don't God. have it in a convenient place. Just put it in the front. Yeah, it, or it, it is. Or by Tony. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's who
1: who who set that up? They should be fired. Oh, they probably are. It's probably Mike D. Maybe they should make like a monument park. They can have him. Yeah, uh, Tony Garvey. Uh, uh garvey (laughs) yeah i'm all out after him and tony yeah i don't uh, know winfield yeah but yeah i mean going back to going back to uh the colonel there flew 120 combat missions dude world war ii korean war holy shit did he have a fucking ball sack or what i know what a life right what a life can you imagine the stories that all the
0: stuff even though he was on air all this time you imagine all the stories we probably never heard
1: oh yeah yeah, and I was I was looking at um, some YouTube videos, and I came across one that Marty Caswell had posted. When she, you know, she does these video interviews sometimes, and um, obviously it was old because she was asking um, Tony what his favorite me- uh, memories of Jerry were, and he kind of paused, and he's like, well, I mean, there's not a lot that I can tell you, you know, like, <laughs> on here. So I was like, man,
0: he's probably a funny son of a bitch. Yeah, he probably had some really great stories about uh,
1: things that... Uh, we will never hear on uh, public record, but... Yeah, and that poor soul, man. Think of all the time that he spent with Ted Leitner. Oh, <laughs> I know. <I> no, <laughs> I only say that joking, because I know, man, you hate on Ted Leitner, dude. Uh,
0: you know, I, he, as I've gotten older, I've kind of backed off a little bit on Uncle Teddy. It's just, I just don't enjoy his style. I don't enjoy his broadcast style. Uh, he's kind of like a... He's a little too traditionalist. He, the biggest thing is the bias when he does the steroid stuff. That's the biggest thing, is the steroid stuff. That, that irritates me. Uh, and then his random stories that who knows what's going on in the game because by the time he gets done calling a home run, the next guy's already up.
1: You know, that boy took steroids. Yeah. He took steroids. Oh, no, and know Paul,
0: Paul LaDuca, one time Paul LaDuca came up, but I don't know who he was playing for at that point. I, I think it might have been the Nationals. He's towards the back end of his career. But LaDuca comes up and goes, here's LaDuca. He's a steroid boy. <laughs> he just randomly <laughs> drops it in there. He's a steroid boy. And then it's like Bonds. Somebody mentions Bonds. Like, oh, you know, Clay Hensley or something. Or... You know, Barry Bonds just to that or you know, broke the record. We know how I got there. We yeah. We know how I got there. <laughs> it's like or a Ryan Braun comes up, it's like, God, just just call the game. I don't I don't need to hear about this stuff. I, I understand he didn't like it, but you know he claims he said Caminet should give his M V P back. I've never heard him actually say that, but whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Mark McGuire's in our dugout there, Uncle Ted. <laughs> yeah, why
0: don't you take it? A- Why don't you take a deep breath there and call the game?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Moving
0: on, some other big news. They finally, finally, finally uh, released the roster for the Prospect game, which Eric and I will be going to on uh, September 30th. You guys can come hang out.
1: Yep. Uh, Let us know. We will be there.
0: Indeed we will. You can buy us a beer. Actually, Eric, uh, don't
1: you owe some? I don't think they'll have beer. Oh, that'd be pretty. That'd be a bummer. Uh, maybe they will. It is Uncle Ron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is Uncle Ron. I know where I know what you're about to say, and I fucking paid up.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I, I paid
1: him up. Uh, Ryan Barkley, Barkley Landscaping, out Papa Bark. I fucking paid up. Cause, dude, I was like, okay, Travis Wood. Maybe they'll lose that game, but maybe. Lamette, but Lamet, they're not gonna lose that game. He pitched
0: a gem. At I'll the give him very that.
1: least, it's gonna be close, and I figured I would take my chances because towards the end of the year. If there's one thing that the Padres cannot do right, it's lose. It's lose. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so Lamet, he's gonna he's gonna get me a W. They're gonna keep, he's gonna keep it close, and for whatever in the end of the game, maybe Hedges will go yard. Who knows? But sure as shit, Maton goes up there and gives up the walk off homer, and like ten minutes later, I pay up my bets. Uh, I last thing I want to be known as is the guy that doesn't pay his fucking bets. So I uh, made sure that I paid him up. But yeah, that was that was quite quite the disappointment but it, it has been kind of a and, and we'll get back to the to the prospects game because I'm super excited about it but it has been kind of an interesting week 216 to zero losses. So well, they've been scored forty outscored forty six to ten. I wrote it down somewhere, including tonight's game. Yeah. They won four to two, four to three on Monday they night. You can't even
0: lose, Giants. We just lose, guys. It's not oh, fun. they have.
1: They're two and four in their last six since uh. we last talked, and they, like you said, outscored forty six to ten. Honestly, they should outscored forty six to ten. They should be zero and six. They I mean, have by far the worst run differential in the league.
0: They do, but they don't have the worst. They don't have the worst record in the league, and, and they,
1: that's not even really close.
0: No, it's not. They're I mean they're nowhere near Philly and San Francisco. I have a question on run differential because a lot of times um you try to like judge a manager and it's really hard to do because strategically, you know, nobody knows the leverage situations and all of that and we don't have all the numbers like they do. Do you think run differential like if a manager plays above or below his run differential, do you think that's more of a testament to the manager or do you just base it off like variance? Cuz I feel like Andy Green has been better than what he should be each of the last two years
1: you know it's kind of a tough question because i like to i like to use those stats when they benefit my argument and i like to <laughs> and i like to ignore them when they don't benefit Red my differential's argument Run differential a pretty good
0: one though it's pretty easy to figure out i mean you're not going to win consistently if you're not outscoring your opponent by a, by a decent margin
1: yeah, but at the same time, Green controls nothing. Like, he, what does he control? He's not out there stepping the box. Oh, no, that's true. But maybe he's pushing all the right buttons or making the
0: right plays strategically. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, just just trying to figure out if, if is run differential is something you can point to as a manager taking chicken shit
1: and turning it into not as shitty chicken shit. Well, by that argument, Green's doing an awful job because they have the worst run differential in the league. Well,
0: not the run differential itself, but the fact that the team plays above what oh, it should. Oh, the record. Be. Yeah, the record, like their record is better than their run differential. Is that a testament to Green, is it just variance? Um, you know, is it just, you know, is it luck or is you know, is Green actually doing something strategically where He's getting the most out of these guys, and he's winning more than he has any right to. Because they have won more than they have any right to. I can't blame Preller when you look at that run differential and see like this team should be dead last,
1: dead last. Yeah, I guess my my gripe with Green was coming from the Sunday game. So, and we talked about this right before we started. I don't I don't want him to go out there and actively throw the games because you got to have some sort of integrity. Yeah. But a safety squeeze in the ninth in a meaningless game, and first of all, you're bunting at Coors. (laughs) Like, that's what I don't want to see. Like, that's, it's, yes, I get it. Winning is great. Yes, I get we should lose. But at the same time, like, what? why? Why are you safety squeezing? He's trying to win the game, Eric. He's trying to win the game. Yeah, but wins mean jack shit right now. But He has to know that. He has his extension, so it's not like he's fighting for his job.
0: That's true, but they might tell him, look, like, you know, this is a situation we are rebuilding. We're not going to bring in any major pieces. Just do the best you can with what you have. I don't mind that because he's still trying to strategically win because he's not trying to actively throw the game. Um, well, maybe he could take his, you
1: know, maybe he can pump the brakes a little bit, but it's it's not that big a deal to me. Well, maybe that,
0: you know, let's blame the Rockies for not beating him up more.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, maybe in the off season when we had kind of said that we weren't going to talk about this, but maybe in the off season he can learn Spanish.
0: <laughs> that's been a <laughs> yeah, that's a hot button topic. To yeah, learn.
1: that's been a topic going around. I so. always thought Andrew Green really knew Spanish. I don't know why why I felt this maybe way. it's because Elston calls him Andres Verde. That might be why and it just
0: <laughs> it just. Randomly put that in my head that oh maybe he speaks Spanish.
1: Yeah, no, he he doesn't. So, um, anyways, weekly listener here to make the Padres great again, and they were talking about it. So, Bavakwa of all people, Kurt fucking Bavakwa is Lasorda Tommy says. Tommy Lasorda's favorite player. Yeah, so he brought it up and uh, about Zinter getting fired, and we haven't even mentioned him on the show because who gives a shit? <laughs> it's Alan Zinter, <laughs> but. Uh, so, I like Dylan Center. Eh, I guess. I mean, he does a hell of a downward dog oh, yoga yeah. pose. I
0: do all kinds of downward dogs with Michelle
1: Margot. Yeah. But moving on. You and I both. Um, so I completely <laughs> lost what I was going to say. Yeah, you've um, also lost your marriage just now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Spanish gate. Oh, okay, yeah. So Bavaqua comes out, and he says, oh, well, maybe the next – or he says the next hitting coach should be bilingual and kind of insinuating. And he says it's just a hunch. Kind of insinuating, like, hey, like these guys, they're not connecting with the players because the majority, let's face it, majority of the players right now in the clubhouse and in the system are yeah. Latin.
0: Yeah, I feel like like a lot of the position players on the team right now are, are Hispanic of some sort.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was very interesting and I thought it was a very good listen. And it's like, I feel like as a manager and as a coach and as an instructor, like a hitting instructor, like there has to be some shit that's lost in translation when you're translating it through some guy who's, you know...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like that... I don't know if you ever did this in school. We did. I'm older than you, so we had to figure out what to do on rainy days. But it What, was that- get hit with the ruler? <laughs> yeah, for being left-handed? Yeah. yeah. No, you're not that much older than me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's, it's, it's like this rumor game where you have somebody who's given a phrase like, oh, the the orange is red and then you have somebody and you whisper that to the in the person's ear next to you and then you keep going. It's like a chain reaction, right? By the time that message gets down to that that last person, it has been completely you know jumbled up and embellished to where it, it does not. It only vaguely resembles the original message. So you're probably right. There probably is some you know lost in translation meaning of what Zinter is trying to preach what he tells the translator and then what the translator eventually gets across and then it just doesn't come off the same.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that the translator is doing a bad job because well, I no. I couldn't tell you because I don't really speak Spanish, I, but I know enough Spanish to where sometimes during the interviews, the post game interviews, when they're talking, they're not talking about what they think they are. <laughs> well, no, I mean you can you can kind of tell it. Sometimes they leave some shit out because I yeah. know enough Spanish to know that like when Solarte was um, talking about um, homering on the anniversary of his wife's passing, and we'll get into that a little bit later, um, but I. I can, I know enough Spanish that when he says it, I can tell when the translator doesn't say parts of it. Yeah. And he's not leaving out like major things. He's, he's conveying the message, but I just kind of wonder what gets lost in translation instruction wise, you know, when, when you're trying to make adjustments to your swing or to your approach, I wonder what gets lost in translation.
0: Yeah. And and hitting is not like, you know, it's one of those things, like anything you want, you don't want to, you don't want to overcomplicate it. You want to simplify it as much as possible. But at the same time, you know, if the translator isn't a hitting coach, which he's not, no, he might be leaving out some stuff that's pertinent to what they want him to do. But in an effort to simplify it, you know, he's leaving certain things out that, that get missed. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea to have, you know, to have bilingual, you know, coaches and managers or, you know, people that, you know, Andy Green can go to and say, hey, you know, we, we need him to do this and actually have that message uh, delivered, you know, to a T and what Green's saying or whoever else uh is is going over stuff with players. So that'll be interesting to see. Didn't Alonzo Powell speak Spanish?
1: I have no idea. I'm pretty sure when he was our backup hitting coach. Yeah. We had two for a while, didn't we? Yeah, how'd that work out? I think they should bring back Merv Rettman. Doesn't he speak Spanish? No. I don't know. Is Absolutely Merv Rettman not. still alive? I don't He's know. He's only been our hitting coach like eight times. Yeah, maybe. Pretty sure he was a hitting coach when Nick Colbert was here. Yeah, seriously. So, um, you know, that kind of brings up, it's a weird element. Like like in today's game, so there's a lot more Latin players than before. So I was kind of wondering, like, when, when the manager addresses the team, like let's say before a big game, the, the manager addresses the team, hey, win one for the skipper. And... <laughs> like how does that how does that work cuz there's a lot of guys in there that don't understand and I'm not just saying the Padres clubhouse but it's like do you have the manager go up there and and he says hey guys and he gives his he gives his rant and blah 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 and all the english speaking guys are like okay cool and then they just tune out completely tune out and then the translator comes up and says it in spanish and you know half the team's paying attention half the team doesn't give a shit it just I, I don't i don't it's a very weird dynamic i don't know but that's a really good question that's probably
0: somebody um I don't know who could ask to answer that question. That is really interesting, though, um, in terms of how that would work out. I would imagine that the manager standing in the middle, you know, of the room next to the catering table, delivering a big message. I feel like that's probably not a part of the game anymore. Like that's more like in the movies, like Lou Brown's not standing there <laughs> in the middle. All right, guys. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's more. I think it's more segmented. You know, like the pitching coach and the bullpen coach. You know, they're going over all the stuff with the pitchers and here's how we're gonna attack. You've got probably got Mark McGuire and the hitting coach going over, you know, with the offensive guys, the position players. Okay, guys, here's what we're gonna look for. Here's the guys they're probably gonna use and things like that. So it's probably broken up into that way and then it makes translating things a little bit easier. I I don't see the the hoorah motivational speech, you know, happening before
1: a game. Yeah, but I'm sure it does happen sometimes. Oh yeah, I'm I mean you look at closed door meetings. Well, and not just that, but some players like Hunter Pence uh, delivering that message that supposedly brought the Giants together when they won the World Series. Or oh, like
0: Jason Hayward last year. Come on, guys! I know I've sucked, but you don't need to suck. Let's exactly. win the World Series. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I know, I know, you kind of roll your eyes at that, but to the players, I mean, I think that means more to the the players and the guys who are actually in well, the, the, the guys trenches guys that of can them. Understand it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean... That's... Poor Jose
0: Perel is getting yelled at by Alex Wood saying he's going to hit him. He's, uh, no say. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> No say, man. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, that's interesting. I, well, I'm interested to see who they're going to bring in as a hitting coach if it does fall into, like, a bilingual guy. Maybe they'll bring Rod Barajas in. He's already in the system. Maybe. He's coaching in the minor leagues right now. He's down in
1: El Paso, I believe. I think so. Which they do not know how to win. No. <laughs> they dropped the uh, dropped the championship yesterday, right, on Sunday? Dropped that championship where, God damn it, we thought for sure they were going to learn how to win down there, and they failed once again. Well,
0: Renfro came up, and he still knows how to hit a ball 500,000 feet. Yeah, his first at-bat, three-run
1: homer, so Car- he's back. Me. He's
0: back. All right, I can't wait to see him hit five more with a 287 on base to go with it.
1: Yeah, and here's here's an interesting uh, fact. So uh, Marver, at Change the Padres, posted, uh, he crunch the numbers for us thank you and uh Renfro is gonna once the season's all said and done he's gonna fall five days short of a year of service time
0: I really I mean I think that's just kind of like I think a it's coincidence just, yeah I think it's a coincidence I cannot see them being so gung-ho to protect a guy who's gonna be like 31 or 32 when he hits free agency
1: yeah who I by just, the way isn't that great right now you know, and and what may very well never be great or even good. If they did that with Margot, absolutely. Oh yeah, 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 it'd side. be obvious. It'd yeah. be
0: obvious. But I, I think with Renfro, that's just happened. You know, happened to be outplayed out. They could have done that with the Swai. Actually, I don't know. The didn't. Uh, he hasn't played enough, so he probably didn't hit that. But they could have done it with Hedges too. I mean, they've had you know two catchers. Hector Sanchez was hitting for a while, so um, I, I think that's just a coincidence with Renfro. I don't think they're trying to protect him. He's not a valuable asset right now. He may not even be here on the next great Padres team. I wouldn't actually doubt if he, you know, washes off the Padres once he
1: gets to arbitration. Yeah, I could see him being a piece they trade, and honestly, I'd I'd be okay with that. Even though last week I said I wouldn't trade him for Jerks and Profar. Oh, I would. <laughs> but I mean, hey, if he's if he's dealt, he's dealt. That's the uh, that's the route I'm taking because our system is so deep, and that's going to be on display September 30th, um, as that. Padres on deck game um, is gonna fire up for the second. Is that what they're calling it? Padres but, on deck game? That's what they're calling it. Ugh. So Padres I, I on like deck. I like the
0: Padres you know, Futures game. Padres Futures game would have been it's cool. Whatever. Or, you know, showcase game. That's cool. Padres on deck. Oh, that sucks. Are you in a good are you in a bad mood today? I'm so a you're little bitching about everything. I'm a little grumpy. I've no, I had a really long weekend. I'm a little grumpy. I was real grumpy at work
1: today. Yeah. Real grumpy. Yeah. Speaking of work. I'm gonna call him out. I saw Kevin Charity rocking his Robbie Earland jersey today.
0: <laughs> yeah, he gets those at the uh, Padres <laughs> thrift store garage sale. Yeah, he's got a
1: Ludwig one floating around and
0: a Denorfia one. Yeah, the Denorfia one he actually went out and bought. He didn't get it at the thrift store.
1: Yeah, and and, and I saw him uh, last week and he was rocking a Tin Cap shirt and I was like, that's sweet. So Overlord hooked him up. Yeah. But apparently, hey, he's still rocking that Erlinger jersey. Yeah. He's so. t- wait till
0: he wears the Ludwig one. That one's good.
1: Yeah. Hey, good on you, Kevin. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so the uh, the prospect <laughs> game coming up. Big names are gonna be there. Um, I'm most excited for mckenzie gore yeah that was the big announcement because remember we were saying like you know who they're gonna send they we know they shut gore down
0: uh, but we were thinking yeah it'd be fun to see guys like jordy barley uh you know arias and, and all these younger guys that that are just now moving up pots but we were like they have to send some big names so here are the big names that are going obviously mckenzie gore who is considered their number one overall prospect uh fernando tatis jr ft2 he's going yes that'll sir. be fun um, also, Adrian Morejon, who went last year but didn't pitch in the televised or uh, game or the public game, right? And then uh, uh, Michelle Baez is going, and then recent uh, El Paso Chihuahua Jacob Nix, yeah, Jacob yeah, will be there too, yeah. Uh,
1: of, you know, of those guys, of those arms that you mentioned, and we'll go other than Gore because I think we can agree that that's the guy that we're most jacked about to see yeah. live. Um, out of Morahone, Baez, Nix, we'll throw Avila. He should be there also, Thompson. Out of out of those guys, who are you most excited to see throw in person? Jacob Nix. Jacob Nix, really? Jacob
0: Nix. And there's why, because I think Nix I, I gets, he's kind of like Logan Allen in that he gets lost in this loaded system of talent, um, that he doesn't have the same upside, him and Allen. But I think he's going to be a very solid major leaguer, and he just got to Triple A, so he'll probably be in Double A next year. Uh, we'll we'll contact the Overlord on this one. Yeah, but uh, I think he might be in Double A, and I think he's close, and I think he could be a very qual- a very good quality major league pitcher. He has been good pretty much since they've got him. He's actually the the gem of that draft to this point, because they gave up uh, their first round that year for James Shields. And they got Austin Smith, who hasn't done jack shit. Um, But then they got Jacob Nix as well, who, again, remember, was the number two pick for the Astros uh, the year Brady Aiken decided not to sign. So that's why we got him. Sucker. Yeah, I know, suckers. How'd that work out for you? Brady Aiken. It didn't work out at all for him. He throws like 85 miles an hour now. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. Uh, But we got Nix, and and I've liked Nix since. And, you know, he looks like he's going to be an innings-eater type, 180, 200 innings, probably mid to back-end rotation starter, but... Those are quality pieces. Those are quality pieces you can have on an, an, an everyday team. It's also a piece you could possibly flip, but I think he's pretty close. So I'm excited to see what he's got. Because I don't think he gets enough pub for what he does down there.
1: Yeah, uh, I can see that. And, and I mean, I'm mean, i not going to say I'm not excited for him. As uh, MLB Network's on TV right behind you, and Renfro just uh, smashed that. Oh, on. there it is.
0: Yeah, right there. Pointing well,
1: out to right. Hey, did you miss me, motherfuckers?
0: <laughs> yeah, nobody missed you.
1: Going out there playing right field like you're in a circus. We're yeah. missing the cutoff, man. So, anyways, back to the issue at hand. You didn't ask me, but uh, my guy, who I'm most jacked to see, is Baez, dude. Michelle Baez. What I'm intrigued by is a couple things: the size. <laughs> that's that. That's what she said.
0: Yeah, the size. What the, size?
1: The size and the velocity. So the velocity. I want to see. Um, I want to see if in person, because yeah, it's it's a on deck game, but he's in. He's going to be pitching in Petco Park Petco, in a major league uniform. Exactly. They're not, they're so the nerves him, are going yeah. to be there. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he's going to be able to keep his composure and if he's going to be able to keep that control, which is, um, or has been a lot better this year than people had expected. So that's what I'm excited to see is, um, I want to see him. I want to see how he faces, I want to see how he attacks the players and yep. the other batters. Like, I'm, I'm really excited for Michelle Bias.
0: As am I. He actually got a, he got, he didn't get name dropped uh, on Eric Longenhagen's chat, but um, he did insinuate about bias. He's talking about another pitcher. Some guy asked about a prospect and, you know, about a lot of moving parts and being, you know, is it harder being taller and is there a cutoff for tall guys? And he says, well, there's some six foot something right-hander uh, in single A that's been, you know, repeating his delivery and dominating. He's obviously talking about uh, Michelle Baez, who that's the biggest thing when we first found out about this kid, repeats his delivery really well and those strikes. So, Uh, Some other interesting names, you dropped a couple of them. Pedro Vila, who I believe we got for Derek Norris. Yep. Um, Reggie Lawson and Mason Thompson, two other guys that get buried in a really deep system.
1: Now, Thompson was hurt, and forgive Mm -hmm. me for not knowing exactly what the hell happened to him, but he was hurt, so I don't know if he's actually going to be... Um, throwing, or if he's just going to be there, you know, just for because I saw that he was going to be there but not really participate. So, oh,
0: that's cool. I'm excited for both of them, but yeah, it'd be nice to see Reggie Lawson. Another, these are these guys that Preller drafted last year that Eric flew off the handle about. Yeah, because oh, you know, they're yeah, all coming true. off of Tommy John and they were all hurt and none of them barely threw this year. And then, of course, we got him into the system. And you know, this draft looks like a steal for the Padres because these three guys are studs. A um, couple other guys going, Hudson Potts will be there. Um, he had a decent first year. You can uh, listen back a couple episodes. Of Kevin Charity talking about. Uh, well, he kind of. Pots. I mean, he kind of struggled, and then he finished really hot. Really, really hot. But a lot of still a lot of strikeouts. He needs more walks. But he's he's an interesting player, intriguing guy. Uh, one of the players we got for uh, that uh, spare parts deal to the uh, Royals. We talked about Matt Strom last week. Uh, Estru Ruiz is going to be at this prospect game. Um, and then Jorge Onya is going to be there. We haven't heard a lot on Onya all year, really.
1: He's had a quiet year, but he's had a uh, consistent year. I feel like I feel like he never really slumped, and I could be wrong here, but I feel like he's never really slumped, and he was just consistent. Not a whole lot of power. I mean, we'd like to see more power out of out of him, especially with his frame. But I feel like that'll come. But I feel like overall for his first pro year, I, I I'm impressed.
0: Yeah, as am I. As am I. And then. Uh... Another one, another one of my favorites, Tirso Arnelas. He'll be there as well. He's getting why is
1: he your favorite?
0: Oh well, we won't go over that. Go listen to the other episodes and give those some ratings. But uh, no, he'll be there, and he gets a lot of a lot of good talk. I think he was mentioned in a Fangraphs chat as well. it's looking really good um, out there. So yeah, prospect game is going to be uh, going to be pretty exciting. Um, now I believe Eric, we might be winding down the show because according to my outline, I am out of material.
1: Out of material. Yeah. Look at you.
0: That was it. That was it. You know, Eric and I come on here every week, and we come up with some stuff to talk about, and we think, oh, you know, Eric goes, if it's a short show, it's a short show. <laughs> and then we end up going for like an hour and ten minutes. How long have we been on right now?
1: Only a half hour.
0: Really? Yeah. This so this a...
1: might be a short one. Well, I mean, it's it's no secret. There's not a whole lot going on right now. It's just when... a
0: shit show. If you want to see what's going on at the Padres, just let me go use your bathroom real quick and... You know that'll be that.
1: You know, one thing that I, that I really wanted to uh, talk about was, and it happened on Sunday, was Solarte homering on the on the year anniversary of his wife passing, because that was. I mean, I felt like that was special. And you could tell that he was choked up in the post-game interview. I actually
0: didn't see the post-game interview. I did see the highlight of the home run. He does the usual Salarte clap, yeah, which is probably my favorite thing. Yeah, Uh, But he also kept pointing to this guy as
1: he's coming over to home plate.
0: So you know it meant something. He knew what was going on.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And and they... um, Dude, I was ready to, to fly on Twitter because um, right after the game, of course, you want to hear from Solarte. Well, you want to hear from Solarte's translator after that game. and <laughs> so bad. Yeah, and, and back they come. They're like, hey, uh, thanks for sticking around, Padre fans. Here's uh, Matt Caesar. And I'm like, huh, what? And, Matt Caesar, and he slid into home on the on the safety squeeze oh. to get them the yeah. So then they they brought up the uh, Solarte talk and or the Solarte home run and and he was even starting to get choked up and he wasn't even around when all this happened. Yeah. So he can just you know he was able to tell the the meaning uh, of that moment to him and it was just like it's it's one of the reasons why I I absolutely love baseball. Like you don't get stuff like that in any other sport.
0: No. No, you don't. I mean, you, you to a point, but yeah, you don't get like, um, who was it last year? Oh, Volquez, when... Uh, when uh, I think that was a couple years ago in the when, World Series. Yeah, when... Um, oh, now I forget his name. The Royal, uh, Ventura. Yeah. When Ventura, well, Volquez's father passed away, and uh, yeah. he goes out there and throws a gem. And then I think uh, when, uh, after Ventura died, he was very close to Edison, Volquez. Yeah. You know, he goes out there and throws a no-hitter in his honor, so... You don't get that. You're right. You don't get that kind of romance in, in other sports. It's only
1: baseball. Yeah, it's it's stories like that. It's D Gordon of all people going yeah. yard. Yeah, the of all guys. First at bat after um, Fernandez passes away tragically, and and dude, to see the the emotion on that, like, how do you not love baseball? I don't trust if people don't like ba- I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I can't be friends with people that don't like baseball. Yeah, it's hard.
0: I I can't either. I agree with you. You um, know, it's
1: just it's so much. I don't know. It's just, it's so much more than, than sport. And I don't want to get overly sentimental, but it's like baseball is the reason why I, a grown ass man, every time I hear Hell's Bells, I get chills. Yeah. I get chills because it reminds me of me and my dad going to the games. It reminds me of my favorite moment in, base, in baseball that I've witnessed in person when he passed Lee Smith. You know, it, it's so much more than a game. And that's why I love baseball and, and I always will. Agreed. So.
0: 100%. It's, it is the most romantic. Uh, game in sports in my opinion in my opinion to me the walk-off home run is the greatest play in sports
1: yeah oh absolutely yeah, you don't have all- except for when um uh, the twins are hitting it off of uh oh. phil Maton. <laughs> yeah that's true and i have to turn around and buy a beer for Maton uh, has not been that impressive this year i haven't looked up his numbers but i feel like they'd look bad if i looked them up maybe i mean um and <laughs> it's kind of funny We'll we'll go ahead and say it we don't really follow the team that close anymore oh that close <laughs> i don't follow them at all
0: i mean we have our good friend uh, Patrick uh, Morgan, a co-worker of ours, texting us, uh, NSFW, not safe for work, swoon home run. And I'm like, I'm watching Mickey Mouse with my kid, man. I'm not I'm not watching this. Yeah. I'm spending quality time with my child. I don't have time to waste on the Padres.
1: You know, it's getting to that point where every single year I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm so glad it's over. But then like two or three weeks after the playoffs, I'm like, oh fuck, there's no baseball. Yeah, but then it's hot stove season and that's all is fun. Yeah, that'll be cool. And we had a, a little uh, revelation uh, during the this last week about someone had mentioned uh, something about getting Dotseth on our show and Jeff Dotseth from the Dave and Jeff show. And he's like, oh hey, I'm down. So I'm like, Fuck yeah. Yeah, let's bring him on. So, yeah, we'll work on that. Maybe he'll be one of our uh, off-season shows to where uh, we just say, hey, what the fuck's going on? Just to to remind you guys that we're alive. So, since we already basically talked everything that we've got in regards to the Padres. And and, openly admitted on air that we are out of content. Yeah, that's the one thing (laughs) that that I love to hear around the 30-minute mark, is the guy (laughs) with the binder full of notes saying, well, hey, I'm out of content. But that's okay, because uh, I think it was uh, yesterday, Eric threw it out there, that he has a
0: major announcement. Uh, that he wanted to go over now. Before we go into it, uh, because again, I don't know what's going on either. Um, we had a couple of uh, Twitter um, uh, participants who were uh, go ahead and throwing their guesses out there. Some more flattering than others. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead, Eric. Go ahead and read those off. What these guesses are. See if anybody's close. There were some great, great
1: guesses. Yeah, in there. for you. <laughs> yeah. Not for me. Yeah. So Mark was the first one at Manning Face Eighty. He says someone's having a baby. And I was like, well, I didn't want to respond to any of these. I wanted to save it for the show, but fuck no. <laughs> yeah, Eric is not... It's a food baby that
0: Eric and I are carrying around. Yeah. Not a real baby.
1: Yeah, so not, not anywhere close yeah. to that. Give me a few years for that there, bud. Um, nope, no no baby. Um, there is uh, Jesse Fritz at SD Fritz. He says, at Jeff Dotseth will be a guest. So hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, Potters Jagoff. Danny got a smooth handy Jay this weekend. Congrats. <laughs> Not so lucky, maybe next week. That's not too far off the truth, but that is not <laughs> that is not our major announcement. Oh,
0: God. Now I'm really not going to get one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, now, oh. Drunk Flannery, at Drunk Flannery, he says, if you're canceling the wedding to be with Danny, can we still have the bachelor party? <laughs> the answer is yes, we will, but no, we're not canceling. Yep, that's, that's still not. Bobby Cressy, more vomit what in cars? What is that, the drunk planner? Why doesn't he just ask us to dinner? It's clear there's some kind of attractive, some kind of attraction to us. I guess so, yeah. yeah. So, um, Bobby Cressy, more vomit in cars? No, no, no more vomit in cars. I don't need a detail quite yet. You should only do that a couple times a year. Yeah, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing. Matthew Wines, um, at GXT Vino, he says, Danny is gay and found his soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, a lot of people questioning your sexuality. I
0: have a kid, way. guys. For God's sakes. I mean, I sat there and read through the uh, Brazzers roster. Yeah. In-depth porn analysis. Yeah, that's, that's a very fair point. But doesn't Ellen have a kid? Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah, but hers is adopted. I was actually a part of mine's
1: creation. It was only five minutes, but nonetheless, I was there. Yeah, you're, you're pretty generous to yourself. So yes. I, I, think <laughs> I like the, to talk uh, myself up. Good hype, man. I think the closest guest here, is, or guest here, is... Uh, craig meddy at craig meddy craig medeiros he says you're gonna announce it. you're also gonna do a chargers podcast show me your lightning bolt reaction well that's not true but the big big announcement you guys wanted it you guys tuned in for it and here it is wait a minute wait
0: a minute Fuck oh God! That's the Oakland
1: Raiders music, Eric. What's going on? You are goddamn right. That's the what's Raiders going on music. here. You are goddamn right. I can't believe what's going on. I have made my decision. Don't and- tell me. I am joining the nation, baby. On, the Raider Nation. Son of a bitch. The Raiders. Jesus, I can't believe the Raiders. Why the, the Raiders? Fucking Raiders. You know why? Because fuck Dean Spanos. He doesn't care. I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. Fuck the Chargers and their empty fucking stadium. You know, the first week it was on Monday night and I didn't care. I didn't care. It's like you know, what? out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I sure shit didn't care because I forgot they were playing. The only reason I knew they were playing. I have a
0: good friend who lives in Mission Valley. He's a Niners fan. He hated the Chargers, strictly for Monday night football on his way home from work.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. No, he
0: said the drive was very nice.
1: Yeah, so actually this Sunday I, I started playing baseball again, and, and I had a game. And I don't know I don't know why I couldn't watch it anyways because I was playing. But like when I got home, I realized, I'm like, dude, all this football is going on. And the only time, literally the only time that I've watched football this year is when I went over to Drunk Flannery's house. <laughs> <laughs> and he happened to have the uh, the um, who is it the Bengals and the freaking Texans. You're asking the wrong guy, guy. I don't know what the hell's going on. I watched the last probably minute of that game. That's all I watched in the NFL so far this year, and I said, "God, dude, I miss the NFL, but I'm not going to root for the Chargers. I can't do it." I can't do it, man. He he abandoned the – and shout out to the San Diego the, – the sign guy. Who, oh, man. He put all kinds of money in those great signs. Yeah, who threw up the billboards and the, the um, sign behind the airplane. Shout out to that guy. That That's a guy that's doing right – and that's the only way that he knows how to do it. And the only way I know how to do it is, hey, if you say, fuck me, I say, fuck you. First, LeBron leaves Cleveland. Durant turns his back chasing a ring. And now LeBou goes to the Raiders, the fucking Raiders. And you know what? Here's the approach that I'm taking to this. <laughs> and people who tuned in for Padre talk probably turned off a long time ago. Yeah, we just
0: lost half our audience. You're getting booed. This
1: is like when Hulk Hogan went to the New World Order. I don't care. I can't believe it, Eric. I don't care. Bring on the boo. So here's here's my approach. And there's no, I've said it before. There's no playbook on how how to approach this because I mean this is this is foreign to all of us. Yeah. So here's how I'm going to approach it, right? So the Raiders, they're gonna they're gonna open up their stadium. It's scheduled for 2019 in las vegas so the way that i'm approaching it is hey around 2019 rivers is either going to be retired or goddamn close to retired so i think for the rest of this year the next 14 15 weeks i'm gonna and then next year i'm, I'm dipping my toe in the pool i'm, I'm feeling it you know I'm, I'm trying to see hey do i like this is it too hot is it too cold and then 2019 i think it's the oakland thing once they're in vegas i'm all in all in face paint and everything. I'm gonna knock up Kelsey and fucking leave her. <laughs> oh God! I'm gonna shave my head. I'm gonna steal a car. I gotta figure out something. I'm gonna call hacks on a stolen car phone in oh, Carphone God. California. This is so bad, Raider Nation. I am on board, We gotta, baby. We
0: gotta cut the show, folks. We gotta cut the show.
1: Yeah. So well, that has been this week's 5.5 5- podcasts. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, you know what? I, and I don't know. Like I, I always said I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. No, I'm. I'm not gonna do it. I can't do it. It's the Raiders, and and I've been a Charger. Fan I think my whole you're right life. about
0: the Oakland stigma.
1: Yeah. Once they're gone from Oakland, I'm a hundred percent on board. But right now, even though the Chargers fucked us, it's hard for me to say. Okay, Oakland Raiders. But I'm, I'll feel it out. I'll feel it out. And um, once, yeah, again, once they move into Vegas, I am all in.
0: You know what, I might have to back out of your wedding after this one. Go ahead. No,
1: never mind. I saw him walking down with that. I think I'll stick around. <laughs> yeah, I bet she will. So anyways, um, yeah, short show this week, guys. Um, not a whole lot going on. So anyways, uh, find Don't out. worry, it's almost over. Yeah, it is almost over for sure. And then I I don't know, you know, we put out on, on Twitter, like, hey, um, uh, would anyone tune in if we did on Periscope? And like one person responded. I think it was Bobby Cressy. He's like, yeah. hey, I'm going to listen to the pod. I won't watch it anyway. So I'm like, yeah. All right, fuck it. We're not going to go on Periscope. So, um, status update. Uh, this Saturday, we will all be at the game. It will be my bachelor party. Buy Eric a beer. So, uh, yeah, come out and find us. We'll be roaming around the stadium somewhere. Buy Eric
0: a beer, drive him home, and maybe get a free card detail.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, that next week, again, yeah, uh, Prospects game will be there. Uh, find me on Twitter, at MiserableSDFan. Find Danny out. 5.5 Dan. You got anything else you want to throw in? Yeah, I'm going to walk up the set. Eric Laboon, you can go to hell. <laughs>
0: Goddamn Raider fan. I can't
1: believe what I'm hearing. We'll check in next week, next week guys. Just win, baby. We're out of here. Get out of here.